Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Conversations. Tonight, we continue the trend of having amazing vocalists on the show. On this episode, the special guest is Kyle Hollis of the band Picturesque. Their debut full-length album, Back to Beautiful, just recently came out on Equal Vision Records. It is a great album. You're missing out if you haven't heard it yet, so make sure you take a listen. I don't want to hold you back from this conversation, so we're going to get right to it, but I'm going to give you a taste of Back to Beautiful with the track New Face. Enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome back. I am very happy. My special guest tonight is Kyle Hollis of the band Picturesque. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm actually doing very well myself, too. Thank you very much for asking. So we were just talking a little bit. You just got back from your tour with Dayseeker, The Plot and You, and The Color Morale. How was that tour, man? Uh, it was really good. We It was like hit and miss. There were some crowds that I think we're there for like the heavier music and then some that really, really dug what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but it was, 
like the crowds that were into what we were doing like it was the most people like we've ever had it was it was really cool it's it's nice to see that we're actually like kind of growing um whenever we go back out and hear people singing along and stuff absolutely how do you know when you're not necessarily connecting to the crowd um well merch numbers don't lie that's Ah. one thing um but as far as like just while we're playing Mm -hmm. if um because, I mean, everybody knows, like, if there's a part or whatever and you're trying to hype somebody up to, like, I don't know, jump or, like, do an arm wave thing or whatever and, like, nobody's participating, Oh, then it's kind of obvious they're not into it. Now, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to see you live yet. Are you a very, like, energetic band when you're on stage? I think we are. Um, that's one thing that we kind of pride ourselves on is just high energy because we're touring with a lot of bands that are... Um, like heavier and more aggressive as mm-hmm. far as the music goes and so like our, our music's still aggressive but we try to make it appear um, a little heavier more out there than it is whenever we're playing just by being a little more sporadic and getting into the like involved with the crowd and everything sure that makes sense is this a tour that you definitely wanted to be on then if you don't feel you were necessarily the same genre oh yeah um Dude, all bands were are really good. Like all the music was great. It, any tour that we're gonna enjoy watching all the bands every night, like that's it's something we would be really excited to be on. Um, like new plot news records, apparently like more rock, and the new single that they did was rock. And um, Dayseeker's always been just really good. And the Color Morale, of course, they've been around forever. They're like a legacy band at this point, and they're just they Very still true. kill it every night. So. Yeah, we were really stoked whenever we got the offer. It was a really great-looking tour. I mean, like you said, all those bands are really great. What was it like for you to be on that tour when Dayseeker had their new album come out and you had Back to Beautiful come out at the same time? What was that dynamic like? Um, We were both supportive of each other. Like, I made sure to mention that they had a record um, whenever I actually mentioned the fact that ours came out um, that week. And so, like... Both bands were really supportive of each other, and like we joked about it being like a war between us or whatever, but it, it never was. Like everybody was really friendly, and we just tried to help each other out as much as we could. Very nice. What has the reception been like for Back to Beautiful? We just did a review for it last week on the show, and both my co-host and I, Jackson, really loved this record. Um, thanks, man. I so far it's been really positive. I think of the fact that like everything on the record is something that came from our lives just made it to where we could be passionate about it and it just came through our music so um so far it's been been received very well and hopefully uh the we're i think we get our first week numbers in fairly soon and we'll see how it did i guess all i can do is obviously hope for the best but i gotta say there's a lot of really raw emotion in that album what is it like playing those tracks every night for you is it more cathartic to kind of get it out there or is it like opening a wound every time you sing um some it just depends on the song sometimes it's a little bit of both um because like the fact that it connected with people and it helps them through it mm-hmm. uh through things and like people come and tell us that every night like that like there was a girl last night um she was like i've only heard of you guys for three weeks but like already it's just made a huge impact um like i'm literally getting a tattoo of some of your lyrics tomorrow and all this different kind of stuff and like 
it's super humbling and it's it's awesome but at the same time like whenever i think it's really just whenever i sit and digest like what we went through to where it becomes something that opens a wound um yeah it's it's one of those things we've tried to move on from it but like i finally popped in um like we finally got our physical copies for this tour and everything and i actually popped in one of them just because i wanted to hear the masters from a uh from a cd instead right. and it's i listened to like monstrous things and just like thinking back to where i was writing it and like what was going through my head i like gave me chills actually which was really weird because i've never like gotten chills from any of our songs like that it wow. was it was, i don't know man it's just weird um but yeah so it's definitely not necessarily opening wounds live because like there's so much adrenaline we're in the in the moment and people sing along and all that but like going back and listening sometimes yeah it opens old wounds but yeah, that is really interesting. And yeah, you went through a lot in the last three years when you were writing all this. So this album is actually a combination of the EP Monstrous Things as well as newer songs, correct? Correct. How did you decide on what was going to make it in this album and how you wanted to pick and choose? Um, a big part of that was management and label. We had some other tunes. Um, some of them didn't vibe with the others, but like they were still solid songs i don't know what we're gonna do with them if we're gonna do anything with them sure um but i think a big part of it is like we we have these solid songs from the ep and everything and right now we really just don't have a following um like the people that have been with us that's awesome right but in the grand scheme of things um it's really not that many people i guess okay and so hopefully like more people resonate with those and it gets out there and um it's it's not like we're trying to just repackage and resell it like we we really think those songs have some more mileage on them absolutely and i don't know can do some more for us i guess well what is it like for you as a musician where you're like i need to connect with people i need to get this music out there what for you is the best way to do that um as far as getting it out there the writing okay and what part of the writing Oh, um, well, one thing whenever we write, like, I I listen to a lot of pop and stuff like that, and there, there's, a, there's elements to it that you have to think that make it easy to digest. Um, so that's one thing I think about when I'm writing. Like, I, I, I like, have a big word or something like that in my notes. It's a little harder for some people to pronounce, because I know, like, even our names kind of weird for some people we've gotten like pictures k pictures q and oh, all really? sorts of weird <laughs> stuff yeah, yeah yeah and so like taking that into consideration um i whenever we're writing i try to simplify things just to where like you really don't have to think about it and like the first time it goes through like you understand everything that we went through every lyric and its intention and it's not something you have to like sit and dwell on to try to find out what it means um and so that that's one thing as far as connecting like for a quick connection we write um simplified versions of what we had but just in general i, I think the fact that we write about things that we've been through and just like parts of our lives i think that's the like brutal honesty behind it is what really connects because it's all conveyed through our music whether it's 
guitar or vocal or lyric or just like anything I, I think it all just comes through as one and I don't know. I probably got way off topic there. No, but, no. Yeah. no, that's that's perfect. And actually, I have some things to go off of that. When you say you simplify, how how is your writing flow, I guess? Are you one of those people that you have something that you've been thinking about and it goes down on paper? Are you a you know stream of consciousness person? Like what works best for you? Um, it's it's always different. Like our, our writing process and my lyrical process and everything, it's always different. Sometimes like, I'll have a melody and then like just lyrics pop in my head just something's on my mind or like other times like uh like whenever i like a a lot of the record is just about um like these reoccurring nightmares that i kept having still have they they suck but it anyway um but yeah i mean it is what it is but like so a lot of the records about that um and so like I, i didn't know how to cope with it at first and like um, just like whenever I'd have these feelings, these emotions, I'd take out my phone and just put it all in my notes, like what I'm thinking, word by word. It wouldn't necessarily like work as a song or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, you have to take those sentences, simplify them, maybe take out little parts or whatever to make them fit in your melody or your lyric or just just to make it work. Right. And so. Um, sometimes that's the way it would be other times. Like I just sit down and I'd have parts of it and I I just know what I want to say. I just have to figure out how to say it. Um, but a lot of times it was just like me trying to cope and just literally writing like letters that I would never send. And okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a very interesting process. So was that something that you were completely in charge of or would you run it by the bandmates and say, Hey, this is kind of what I'm working on. What do you think about this? Um, some of them I just ran with and did on my own. But like whenever, anytime I have a hang up, mm-hmm. um, I go to Zach because him and I, like, even if I don't use his ideas for some reason, like just bouncing ideas off another human being um, and like he'll throw lyrics back at me and sometimes I'll use those and manipulate them to be my own thing. Um, but of course, at the end of the day, I, I do have my own say. Um, and what I'm going to sing since it's coming out of my mouth, I guess. I don't know, but <laughs> right, right. I, under- I understand it represents the band as a whole too. But, um, like if I ever get hung up, I always bounce ideas off of him and we work really well together. And even if it's like none of the ideas I end up using, it'll, it'll fuel me to write something better. And it always does. I don't know why, but we just work really well together when it comes to, um, me just having like writer's block or anything like that, or just sitting down to work on a song because like um without you i i had a large part of that and then um lyrically and then like we sat down and i kind of told him what it was about Mm -hmm. and he's just like um because the whole thing i i keep having it goes back to dreams um i keep having these dreams to where my biological father like he's the only biological parent that i have left that will legally or whatever Mm -hmm. and so like in these dreams for some reason uh he keeps dying and it's just like i every single time like just contemplating killing myself and that's that's not me as a person but anyway so like i i explained all this to to zach and i was like like just basically like in this whole dream i'm just like i can't live without 
um, like my father's guidance and all this. Mm-hmm. And so we um, we kind of he had an idea for a melody. Like this is this is the only one that really um, one of my bandmates had an idea for a melody, and I had an idea, and we kind of Frankenstein it and made it kind of cool. Ah, um, okay. But yeah, so like we all work really well together, and we know what our strong traits are, what our weaknesses are um, as far as writing goes. And we've learned um, over the past couple of years how to play with that and play off of it. Um, because like whenever we started before we went to Eric, we really didn't um, didn't know how to go about writing and didn't realize it can come in way, like just so many forms um, of inspiration. So. Wow. Yeah, that is really interesting. Have you ever been to anyone to talk about your dreams before? Or nightmares, I guess. Um, probably more appropriate. No. I'm, I'm one of those people. I just try to keep it all uh, to myself for the most part. And I think that's a big part of why it took me so long to cope with everything. Right. But um, I, I've never just been one to go talk to people about it. I've, I've always just kept everything inside um, and just use writing as a way to um to kind of let go and even though it's just on paper in my phone or whatever it's it's, sometimes it's enough sometimes it's not and then whenever we finally make it to music or anything like that that's usually whenever like you hear it back and it's all written that's Mm kind of whenever you feel a little bit of a release right yeah i'd imagine that that also kind of plays into why I think people hear so much passion in your voice as well when you're singing, because all of that is kind of releasing as you're doing yeah. it. No, that makes total mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, look, I am, I'm, I'm the same way. I have nightmares all the time, and it's mostly the same thing over and over again, but I've done the same thing. I don't talk to anyone about it. It just kind of comes out in whatever activity or artwork or something that I'm doing. It just happens. True. Yeah. And, and it seems to be like, I don't know, it's it's just the best release. And then, like, especially whenever you finally see that um, all these people connect with it and they've been through similar things or whatever, like, it's one of those things, like, even though I didn't talk to it about or to someone about it, everyone knows by that point and they relate and, like, helps them through it. And so, you know, you're not the only one. And so... In that sense, it's another, I don't know, it just kind of helps. Absolutely. Let me switch topics a little bit. And I wanted to mention your vocals and your voice in general. I think you have an amazing voice. I think anyone that listens to Picturesque knows that you have an amazing vocal range and a vocal just presence. Where did that come from? Did you have lessons? Is it something you stumbled upon? Like, what's your process for that? Um... Well, thank you first off, but as far as like figuring out um, and learning to sing, no, I didn't have any lessons. Um, what it was, uh, I used to scream in a band mm-hmm. and I straight destroyed my voice. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and so I, one day I was like trying to sing along and it was to As Cities Burn the Horde. Oh, sure. um, and there's like the high note in the chorus and like my voice shifted to something and instead of being gritty and nasty and like uh just me straining it was just like crystal clear and all of a sudden like it was easy to sing that and i couldn't figure out why and that was it ended up taking me like another 
well, I didn't really try to utilize it until a few years later, but once I tried and like started researching different ways to um, like techniques to improve your voice and mm-hmm. um, like thinning thinning out your vocal, which is super super helpful. Um, but doing all of that, like I, I did a bunch of research on the internet and taught myself and had to let my voice heal because I actually like went to the doctor after I quit that band and they're like, what on earth did you do to your vocal cords? Oh, wow. Cause they are, they are so scarred and I'm like, yep, I did not doubt that. But anyway, so yeah, I just, I use the internet and I retaught myself how to sing using the outer folds of my vocal cords rather than the center mass. And, um, yeah. And then like all the rasp and stuff, mm-hmm. I just learn how to blend a little bit of that center with the uh, the outer folds because if i just sing with the outer folds it's it's kind of whistly and whiny i guess but yeah but if you add that center it's that power so yeah and i think that's something that i think everyone would say hearing back to beautiful especially that power that you're able to hold those notes for such a long period of time (laughs) and you really you hear that rawness in the voice it's really unlike anything that i've heard in a really long time well, thanks, man. Um, yeah, that was just one of those things with practice. Like, as far as like singing that high, I really don't have to strain because I've figured out like where it is and like memorized it. And I, I don't know, but as far as my breathing and everything, I've figured out what I have to do live. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I think a big part of it is just learning, learning your body and what what your vocal cords do and like being able to visualize what's going on while you're playing or while you're singing and yeah i think that was a big part of helping because like every single like thing that i found on the internet of teaching you different ways and techniques to improve your singing it all came down to visualizing different parts of your vocal cords and uh, the like the mass of it and Mm -hmm. anyway so yeah it's just kind of neat no, that really is. I've never heard that before. So while you're on stage, are you not only remembering your lyrics and then interacting with the crowd, but you're also thinking about that too? Yeah. Um, the lyrics and stuff, like that's just autopilot. I oh, think okay. for a lot of people, like one of those things, uh, like you hear a song from 10 years ago, like is if you've heard it a million times but haven't heard it in 10 years, like you still remember it going in just because like, instilled in you and you uh, i don't know you just go on autopilot and you don't know how you still remember this after so many years but it's there and it's kind of the same way live but the main thing that i focus on is um i just try to read what my my voice my throat and everything's doing because like if if i'm straining or something like that i've immediately got to fix it otherwise i'm not going to be able to hit that next note Right. And so I just have to visualize what I'm doing, control breathing and everything. And that's more of what I think about. Um, also, I really have to think about dodging um, some of the dudes on stage. Ah, sure. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the most part, like, I, I just try to keep a visual or a, a mental visual. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Sure. But, um, of like what's going on inside my throat and with my vocal cords and everything else just because um if i feel like i'm singing too far close to my center mass Mm -hmm. i know that my throat's going to feel like it's kind of choking up 
And oh. so then I have to I have to think about like how to get it back to the edge or whatever. And sometimes that might mean like I have to skip a line or like give it to the crowd or something. But um, usually it'll reset and then I'm just good to go. Will any of the guys fill in with any vocals at any point? I've been trying to get Dylan to because surprisingly, mm-hmm. like, um, so I really don't remember how to pronounce the version of tenor it is. But um, Dylan, our lead guitarist, he can hit literally every note I can. Um, oh, very nice. His, yeah, his tone's not there yet, but um, so it's really weird that in our band we have the second rarest vocal type, like as a lead, and then somebody else just has it and can hit every note I can. Wow. <laughs> that's that's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, so we're trying. I'm trying to get Dylan to be able to do it. I know his leads are pretty difficult. Yeah. Um. So. It's one of those things. I don't know if he can or not, but like for now, we're just the crowd singing along enough that I can at least just hand it out for a second. Oh, okay. Um, but I would love to actually have like harmonies and stuff. Yeah. Um, like coming through and being sung, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think that would sound amazing. Yeah, that would, yeah. That would be great. Well, during this tour, during any other tour that you've had, after all the training that you put yourself through, all the research, is there a specific day that you can remember where you did overshoot or something happened to your voice and you had to take care of it? Um, as far as playing live... Uh, or in the studio, too. Or in the studio. We did, like, I don't remember, I think it was, like, 14 hours straight oh, the wow. last day of the record, and I was super hoarse. Yeah. Um, but it was mostly for, like, harmonies and stuff. But as far as live, like, there will be times that I overshoot and I go sharp or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit happens, but that's part of live performances like you're gonna hear imperfections and that's kind of what makes it awesome just because it's like that raw just i don't know it's like most people don't mind that kind of stuff like i don't mind it live if it's like a rock band or anything oh yeah um but as far as uh just we're doing something this tour in dallas texas i overdid it whenever i was helping out the merch table because um yeah, I was like trying to talk over the bands and all that. And <laughs> the next day, I was really hoarse, and I, I sort of struggled through the set. Like listening back to videos and stuff, mm-hmm. I, I still hit my notes, but it was just like I had to really push to get to some of them, right. which I usually don't. Um, so yeah, usually not on stage. I won't do too much, um, because like it's it's muscle memory by this point with the songs and everything, right. um, but like the only thing that i worry about is really being at the table and stuff and like during other people's sets and talking over people because that's what ends up damaging my voice for some reason Uh, um other other than that like i don't get it my my voice is a workhorse it's really odd that's a great problem to have that's for sure so do you have any type of like coolness? Sorry, I'm very interested in vocals. That's one of my you know favorite parts of the music that I listen to. Is there anything you do specifically for your voice on a regular basis to keep it kind of in tune? Do you have any you know type of therapy stuff that you do? You have to cool down for a certain period or you know warm up for a certain period? Um, as far as warm ups, like every time that we play or anything, I, I try to warm up for ten to fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just scales and um and like arpeggios and stuff um but as far as cooldown i actually had somebody else ask me about cooldowns this tour and i've never done one and i really don't know what they are so i don't know i need to look into that (laughs) um 
but as far as uh as far as like while i'm home or anything like that like i'm just always singing no matter what like in my car or at work i'm sure people at work hate me for it but (laughs) um like i just i never stopped singing and so um i don't know like i don't really do anything else i drink a lot of water yeah um i don't drink sodas or anything like that like beer and water that's all i drink so oh, okay all right yeah do you find that anything like a beer or water is better when you're going out live or even when you're recording in studio um water is always better i one thing i, I did not like about recording like sometimes you know days get long you you lose some energy because you're going for like a few hours singing or whatever and so eric had a sponsorship by monster oh and whenever whenever i just wasn't giving a performance he liked or didn't seem like the emotion was there Mm -hmm. he automatically was like go get one of the the monster teas and like (laughs) i I don't drink caffeine anymore, but like then I was still doing regular tea. Oh, okay. but in comparison, like it's a ridiculous amount of caffeine. And so like I would get jittery and stuff and like have to calm down. And it was, uh, it was kind of funny, but, um, as far as, I don't know, beer is just one of those soothing things. Like after we play, like having a beer, I don't know, maybe that needs to be my cool down. Just always like a nice cold one <laughs> right after, but there's, yeah, there's actually something. <laughs> that would be great just pbr would be fine too um but as far as like i don't know there's something just like that settles people down with beer i don't i don't know what it is like that sounds terrible <laughs> like i don't drink i don't really nobody in this band really drinks but like we all enjoy beer yeah like, that's us and there might be like two or three nights a tour that will actually drink anything Oh, and sure. it's nothing it's like rarely anything hard or anything like that it's like just cheap good beer like that's all it is and so yeah you have to get to the next place right so you're you know you're getting right. in the van you're driving to the next area so instead of yeah. you know most of the band drinking and the other person having to drive and switching off it kind of makes sense you would take it kind of easy on that exactly so i don't know we're just we're just not big drinkers like we we're kind of lame so <laughs> as far as as far as the whole party world, like none of us were really those kind of people that went out like for college and junk all that and junk all that goodness <laughs> um, or all that junk and I don't know, just not who we are. So that's understandable. Well, let me ask you real quick about the caffeine thing. Was there a reason why you stopped? Did that have anything to do with dreams or anything like that? No, um, I, I just I haven't drank so since I was like in my early teens okay. but as far as as far as tea um i just go through phases to where i drink a lot of it and it's just a bunch of sugar basically because it's all sweet tea all oh, right okay. and yeah so um i don't know it's it's one of those things i feel like i'm having too much sugar i guess i don't know <laughs> that makes total sense well you mentioned going to college what is your background besides now being in the band what do you do um well didn't finish college um i went none of us finished college we all kind of said that we were going to play music and dropped out right um so as far as um like what i did there i started with a um i was going to go for nursing and then we moved to houston 
Right. And they had an audio program. And of course, I mean, we're musicians. We want to learn mm-hmm. how to make solid demos. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And maybe like if I finish a broadcasting thing, like I'll be able to do that too. That'd be tight. Um, but as far as what I do when I'm home, I develop and restore like old film and photos and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. How'd you get into that? Um, well, Dylan, our guitarist, started at a different store for um, the owner, and he's Dylan's just a really hard worker. But the dude already knew like that we have to tour and all that, and sometimes he just needs part-time people, mm-hmm. even though we're technically full-time because we work our full forty or whatever. Ah. But um, then I was trying to be honest with every place whenever I started applying in Kentucky. Oh. Okay. Um, and I was just like, yo. I'm going to like have to leave in a few months to tour. Are you guys cool with that? No place <laughs> nope. was okay with that. Yeah. So then Dylan was like, Hey, they need somebody to help do all the films. Like, cool. I would, I would love to do that. Um, so he got me a job over there and the owner, like I said, since Dylan's a hard worker mm-hmm. expected that I would be jokes on him. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But um, they were all texting us like that. There's a bunch of work um, that they have to catch up on and they're all ready for us to come home. So um, yeah, we just, we're hard workers and they keep us around. It's really weird. So you just go from being on this major tour back to doing that regular work. Do you miss it now? Like, is that something where you're just really, really waiting for the next tour you get to go on? Dude, we're always waiting for the next tour. Yeah. Like it's, it's what we want to do with our lives. It's in our blood at this point, but I do enjoy my job. Um, I enjoy the people I work with and everybody there is just, they're all good people. So, um, like I'm actually looking forward to going back tomorrow. Oh, but it's um, I don't know. It's it's always in the back of our minds to go back out, just because that's that's what I feel like we were born to do. Right. What is your favorite part of touring? Um, probably the like 20, 25 minutes to play. Right. Just the interaction but, with the crowd and getting everything out there. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, meeting all the people, getting to see these awesome bands live, like. For weeks at a time mm-hmm. so that's that's always cool but yeah i don't know and we all enjoy each other's company so it's just bro time right because we've we've all been friends for so long like it's just it's just fun so there was something about your past i wanted to ask about when it came to the band itself you were in a band obviously you mentioned the one where you were screaming and then that changed did you start a band that was kind of picturesque but you were under a different name first and then it kind of evolved into it or was that a completely separate band um that was like two bands before picturesque okay. um so that one was more geared towards the scene there were like two standalones and i was one of them and literally all i did was scream the other oh, guy's song okay and i quit because they wouldn't let me sing um so jokes on them that's but right anyway <laughs> um so then I left and like I said, my voice was just haggard. Like I couldn't do much at all. And I started basically like an indie rock band. Okay. Um, so I, um, whenever I was doing like the indie rock thing or whatever, we um, ended up needing a guitarist and like all the members of picturesque came into that. Mm-hmm. But like, at some point it was just like Dylan was wanting to do this like metal side project or whatever. I was like, dude, let, like I've retaught myself to sing. Like it's way more powerful. Let's just, let's just be a little metal and like post hardcore and all that. And just like, 
reinvent ourselves and i think we can do something because like we've got a talented group of dudes i don't see why we couldn't right and then we recorded speak softly as a demo sent it off and ta-da and that's where the sound kind of evolved from then right yeah yeah um but we 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 were kind of like bands bandy at first and i don't know just kind of then decided we wanted to be more palatable more relatable just because we're growing up and it's like there are things that are cool about playing in odd time signatures and all that but it's just i don't know it's way more fun to see people get down with us so ah, i see yeah those random time signatures is that kind of what got you into music in the first place like what made you want to play music what bands influenced you from the beginning as far as wanting to play music, I mean, I've been singing ever since I can remember. So like okay. anything that I could do to keep doing that, it's just ideal. But mm-hmm. um, as far as bands and everything, I think like I was really into our local scene whenever I was living in Arkansas, mm-hmm. which it was all really heavy music. Um, the only like non-heavy band that I ever saw there. Um, don't know if you know who PM Today is, but they're from Arkansas. Okay. They signed a rise and all sorts of stuff. And uh, anyway, but they came through once and saw them. They were just like, the, they blew me away. Um, Very nice. And then, of course, just listening to music from the scene, like MySpace days and everything, oh, just sure. seeing all these bands get bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I still have old demos of, like, Weekend as Romans, whenever they had, like, I don't remember, but, like, movie tracks in their songs and oh, all yeah, sorts yeah. of random stuff like that. And then, yep. like, whenever Our Last Night was still... I don't know, like 10 years old or whatever, because they've been a band since when, I don't know. Oh, forever. Probably not 10, but you get what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, pure volume days. So you could just go download them for free. Absolutely. But um, So anyway, seeing all these bands come up and do these cool things and just like, it just seemed like it, I don't know, seemed like it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Didn't see why I couldn't do it. Um, and I realized I'm a terrible guitarist, which, <laughs> yeah. But I... um. I don't know. It was just one of those things that I think was always kind of there in our blood, and we just all wanted to do it. But I don't know what really made us or made me as an individual make the jump to want to play music. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you mentioned, you know, the pure volume days and everything like that. And I remember that you got a chance to play an emo night LA, correct? Um. Yes. Well, it wasn't in L.A. It was a uh, it was that traveling emo night L.A., right? Yes. Yes. You did an acoustic set, right? Um, We did. And then we DJed. Oh, it very was, nice. It was fun. Yeah. You know, there are a couple dueling emo nights. What are your feelings, I guess, in general on that kind of resurgence of the emo pop punk music, especially with people going out and, you know, doing those emo nights? How was your set? Like, what did you choose? And then, you know, is that one of your favorite eras of music? Oh yeah, um, like I I love it. I think it's it's awesome that it's coming back. But um, uh, I'll go into that in just a second. But mm-hmm. as far as like uh, running the set and stuff, I made this big list of like all these songs that I just knew. Um, like of course we uh, like just old Taking Back Sunday Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, Fall Out Boy had to be in there just of course because um, and then. Um, I don't remember. There, there were so many. But, oh, yeah. Um, I actually ended up having, like, I gave the list to one of my friends, and I was like, I'm going to go sing at people, and <laughs> we do this. And because, like, we did it in um, 
in Dallas and I yeah. accidentally like stopped the track and this is when Dan Daniel was popular. I pushed the wrong button and it just said Dan Daniel and it like <laughs> slowed down and then just stopped. Nice. Like right in the middle of sugar we're going down. The gotcha. crowd hated me. It was the worst <laughs> thing ever. Um but this one I was like, I'm not taking chances. Like I'll go sing with everybody and get everybody on stage and we'll all like have fun or whatever. But um yeah, I can't remember like all the people who picked like the starting line. Just there's so many good ones. Oh, um, sure. Of course, MCR and yeah. all that junk. But I kind of think it's um, if if people look into this, this sounds ridiculous. Into the R&B community. Okay. It's it's been emo music for the past few years, just like super emotional, like emo lyrics, but in R&B form. Really. And I think I, it it has been. Um, like uh look up black um six lack like his entire record is just this it's beautiful i love it it's will do it's close to just like talking but it's still singing um but then um it's kind of cool because um that scene is making an impact on our rock scene and so you get bands like nothing nowhere that are coming out oh right and it's it's just like you see it all start coming together and it's i think it's about to be a big part like as far as the um, the hip hop and R and B um, flows or whatever that mm-hmm. just kind of work into it, so it's it's interesting. I don't know. I, I love it though because for the past couple of years I've been really into like the hip hop and R and B thing with all the emo music because it's all well hip hop's all dad jokes so that's great. <laughs> but um, but yeah, R and B is just like if you get away from the radio and listen to other things, it's just it's more emo than most of the music in our scene at the like for the past couple of years. Oh, that's really interesting. I mean, they just had that report that came out that said hip hop, I think is like the number one music choice in America. Now mm-hmm. it's been rock for years and years and years. And now hip hop just overtook it. But for me, I know nothing about hip hop. Like the only <laughs> thing I know about hip hop and this is going to be very, very bad. It's machine gun Kelly because that's what alt press yeah. pushes on everyone. So, right. Cause he's warped scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all I know. Do you have any suggestions for everyone? Any of that good, like besides the person that you already said, is there anything else out there that you'd recommend to people? Um, Russ has some songs that are, that are that way. Um, Post Malone, if you go uh, into the album tracks, mm-hmm. like there are some that are like um, too young. It's if you like listen to the lyrical content, which he actually, you know, kind of came from our scene originally, or he he's he's in a bunch of different stuff or into a bunch of different stuff. But like, you know, he tried out for Crown the Empire, so like if that tells you anything. Ah, gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. So like all these people it's just kind of funny they end up connecting and i don't know but russ six or six lack oh my god the <laughs> the radio station here for some reason it drove me crazy they called it six or called the dude six lack and it's pronounced black i don't i don't know why they did that but oh um, it's like a it's like a running joke with um a guy that i work with <laughs> and myself but um so black post um oh, there's one i'm trying to remember um it's a guy i can't remember his name it's okay i, I mean, even, this is all yeah. new to me so either yeah. way i've already oh, got well. now a couple that i can work True. off of cool <laughs> but yeah um so yeah check those out and like honestly if you go back and listen to a lot of the weekend like a lot of it's about him just basically being a piece of shit or whatever but like 
it's it's some really sad shit though. Um, I don't know. So hmm. yeah, just give it a shot. I don't know about the newest record, but like the older ones, if you go back to like, um, shoot, what is it? I'm sitting here thinking what the trilogy one is. So that's the problem. Um, I know nothing. Like all I know is what punk goes pop covers. That's the oh, only gotcha. music that I know. It's, it's all it's all metalcore, <laughs> rock, you know, every subgenre of that. But once you start yeah. going to pop, unless we're talking Carly Rae Jepsen, I know nothing. <laughs> like, that's it. True. Um, I think it was House of Balloons was the one I was thinking okay. of. But anyway, so like, just if you go back into all that kind of music, you'll mm-hmm. you'll realize it's just people talking about. I, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Now. I know you've done some covers yourself. Is there anything coming out soon or in the past, like even one of those emo bands or something? Is there a specific song that you've always wanted to cover? Um, well, we're working on one that I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's so many I wanted to cover. But we did like the, I don't know if you kept up with this like early on or anything. Yeah. But, did these things called Sunday snippets for a long time. So sure. I got to do like just a bunch of songs that I've wanted to cover. And I don't know, it was, um, I got to do a lot of them in that, even though it was like just raw, like me and an acoustic or me and Zach and mm-hmm. an acoustic, just like tracked through an iPhone. Yeah. Um, so we got to do a bunch of them like that, but I don't know. I've we're it's, it's weird. We're doing like, another pop one right now and then we are supposed to go record and i think with uh the guy from keen sound rick keen and do okay. basically another uh cover but it's i don't know i don't know which one we're gonna do yet anyway I, i'm sorry I, I really don't know which one no i, I want yeah that's fine like kind of, do you know what happens when punk goes pop goes to a band do they actually let them choose what track they want to play and you know redo, or do they have a list and they say, okay, well this band took this one, you can have this, this, or this? I have, I have no clue because we unfortunately have never been offered. Would you be open to it if they did? Absolutely. I mean, after the reviews for this last one, I mean, I would hope that you guys would be able to jump on and make it better because that one got panned. True. Yeah. Nice. It was. I mean, that. that means, yeah, now they can get you guys to come in and kind of lift it up a little bit because, yeah, there were only a couple. We did a review for that on the show. There were only a, really a couple of bands that really made it their own. And I think that's one of the mm-hmm. big thing. And correct me if I'm wrong with covers. I like it when a, you know, whatever scene band it is makes the cover their own. I don't want to hear them do the exact same thing. Yeah. You don't want it to be karaoke. I, I totally understand. Um, yeah. I, I think we tried to do the, um, um, I don't know how to pronounce your name, but the, the scars to your beautiful one. Yeah. Like we tried to do that as our own thing and mm-hmm. we were really stoked on how it turned out. We actually yeah. like did all the tracking for it. Um, in like Zach's basement, we all have a bunch of recording gear and like just kind of made a Frankenstein with a bunch of stuff. Like the majority of it is Zach's, but like I bought a fancy new preamp and I don't know. Um, oh, nice. so yeah, we all just like, decided we wanted to have a good enough chain that we could send it off to be mixed and put out. So we tracked all of that in the basement. So, wow. No, impressive. Yeah. You brought up karaoke. Do you ever do karaoke yourself, especially with your voice? I would assume that if you did, you would impress the fuck out of people. I, I love karaoke, but I've only done a handful of times because like I said, we're just not 
those kind of dudes that like go out to bars and stuff. True, true, true. What track would you choose? Would you choose something like Queen or is it something where you choose something, you know, back from the emo days? Um, either actually. I would I think one of my favorites to sing, um, which I've always wanted to cover is Sam Smith. I'm not the only one. I I just love his voice and I I don't know, it's like that comfortable register to where mm-hmm. like I could do all the runs and everything. Ah, okay. And so like I don't know. I feel like if I do karaoke, I want to be that dick that just wants to show off. <laughs> and so I know it sounds terrible, but um, so, yeah, I, I I don't know. I still like I said, I listen to more pop than anything. But like if an old emo song comes on, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I'm going to be screaming at the top of my lungs. Right. So but if I have to pick, it's it's usually going to be a pop song that's fairly old. OK. Now that you're back home after touring, what are some of your hobbies that don't include music? Are you a movie guy, book, TV? Is there anything else that you like to do that kind of passes the time for you? Um, I always rewatch The Office because that is the best TV show that has ever been made. English or um, American? English, for sure. There you or, go. Wait, sorry, sorry. No, no, oh, no. American. <laughs> I, was, I was like, it's in English. I was like, what, what kind of question is this? No, the American one. Gotcha. The English okay. one I cannot get into. Not at um, all. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that Michael Scott um, as our, gosh, um, Steve, Steve Carell just yeah. absolutely killed it. And after he left, like, it was still a good show, but it just, like, wasn't the same. Right. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely love that show. We always make jokes from from The Office. It's just, like, I don't know. It's good. <laughs> um, Makes sense. And then I like to play a lot of, like, retro video games. Okay. Um, yeah, like, I actually did, like, an emulator on this tour and went back and played, like, Legend of Dragoon from PlayStation oh, 1. Nice. Um, yeah, and then, uh, like, Final Fantasy Tactics, I was playing that one, too. Oh, very um, nice. But, yeah, I'm really big into, like, the old turn-based ones. Those are, those are my favorite. Have you pre-ordered the classic uh, SNES is coming out? No, no, I haven't. I'm I'm one of those really weird people that, like, I don't care to play an emulator. I know it's just wrong, but um, I don't know. I've just got basically everything that I want on that basically, like stolen. So <laughs> I know it's terrible, but um, but yeah, because I can play everything from like art, like the old arcade up yep. to PlayStation or PSP right. on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm always just going back to those or like if I'm wanting to play Game Boy, I've got a bunch of stuff for that. So oh, okay. um, yeah, but that or i'll go back and like break out the ps2 or something no it makes whole sense look when i had a dreamcast i had an emulator for it nice that's why that system was so popular was because they put like no protection on it whatsoever so you could pretty much make any type of game for it and that's why people still love that one to this day huh i did not know that that's awesome yeah, it was a big thing that people found out relatively quickly, actually. And it still didn't sell enough to, you know, outdo Sony because Sony was just killing it with PS2. And, you know, Final Fantasy yeah. X came out at the same time and that just destroyed everything. But, dude, the, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Final Fantasy series. Oh, I was just going to say the Final Fantasy, like, series as a whole is still, like, my favorite yes. group of games or game in general. Like, it, yeah, that's just the stories to them were just so good. I'm pretty yeah. sure that seven still actually literally saved my life at one point. True. You know, I was okay. that Air Force brat that moved around so much. So not having friends moving into a new place and, you know, getting bullied and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Final Fantasy seven was a brand new world 
where I'm just wielding a sword around and, you know, like enjoying myself. Yeah. No, dude, that game was awesome. I cried like a baby in it. So. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. What do you think of the, you know, the remake? Did you ever see the actual, like, Blu-ray sequel to it at all? I, I have not seen it or played it. Um, I really want to, of course, because it's Final Fantasy. Right. Um, but I'm, like, the newest thing I have is an Xbox 360, and I never play it. Gotcha. Um, the only time I go back is to play Final Fantasy or Resident Evil. Oh, um, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Damn, you have some good taste. I'll tell you that right now, that's for sure. Well, thanks, man. Absolutely. Well, look, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We said on the show, you know, we did a whole review for Back to Beautiful. We talked a little bit about it. Is there anything else you want to, you know, mention about the album cuz it is really a great great album. I think this is one of the best of 2017 and I think this should be your breakout debut album. Is there anything you want to go over about it that maybe I missed when I was talking about it or anything you want people to know about it? Thanks, man. Um I don't like the the big thing that I want people to take away from it is just like we've been through some shit. Mm-hmm. This is the story from it. Everything on there is part of our lives. It's real. It's not me just telling a fictitious story. Like it's it's just raw. It's it's emotions. It's, it is what it is and mm-hmm. just that way people know that they they're not going through shit alone. So Absolutely. No, that's a good message to have. And just actually to work off of something there, because that is something I forgot to ask you. Obviously, Dayseeker had their new album come out, and that's a complete concept. You know, it has to deal with a person in a coma and, you know, all these other stories mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, interweave. Would you ever consider doing a concept? Is that a goal of picturesque ever to do something like that? Yes and no, I guess. Like, this one almost became a concept just because it's like the majority of it is about a breakup or whatever. Right. And so, like, not all of it ended up being that, but it's. I would say no, just because I I want to write about life. I don't okay. want to write about things and like come up with stories. I'm not a storyteller. I, I, mean, I just want to write about what I've been through. And like I said, it's, it's a coping mechanism for me. So right. I kind of just want to keep it that way. Yeah, that makes total sense, man. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to have links in the description of the episode so everyone can go either get your merch pick up the album, make sure they support you. But other than that, is there any other way that people can support you and picturesque? Um, as long as the albums are in there, like just stream and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, don't, I know it sounds terrible. I don't really care if people buy it at this point. Like I just want people to listen to it and come sing along. Um, as far as supporting us, just tell your friends about us. Like mm-hmm. show people our music. Like if they don't like it, they don't like it. But if it can connect with someone else, in some form or fashion and help them through whatever they need like that's that's kind of the goal so yeah i'd say that absolutely well kyle thank you so much for being on the show man much appreciated yeah absolutely man Free.
Alright everyone, I am back. The song you just heard was Speak Softly off the debut full-length album Back to Beautiful by Picturesque. I'd like to thank Kyle very much for coming on the show. I'd also like to thank Natalie for helping set all of this up. Kyle really does have an amazing voice and Back to Beautiful is a really great album, one of my favorites of 2017. Once again, make sure you support these guys. I will have links in the description of this episode. That way, you can get everything Picturesque has to offer. It's been announced that Picturesque are joining the tour with Secrets and Slaves. And a little local news, if you're in the Boston area, I already have my tickets, so I will see you in Somerville on September 12th. That's going to be an awesome show. You can also support Ian Hates Music and Ian Hates Conversations by following the other links in the description of this episode. If you are unaware, Ian Hates Music has a weekly show where myself and my co-host Jackson talk about all the scene news, new songs, album reviews, really anything we want to talk about. All these episodes are free, and you can get them through the links in the description. So once again... Thank you very much to Kyle for taking time out of his busy schedule to be on the show. It's always much appreciated. And I'm going to leave you with one more track from Back to Beautiful. 
It's called Honestly. And I think it's a good way to go out on this show. Once again, make sure to pick up Back to Beautiful. Support these guys. They really deserve it. Great band. Great album. And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.